Welcome to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and SaaS podcast, where Jonathan Denwood interviews the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing to help WordPress professionals launch their own SaaS. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and SaaS. This is episode 779, and we've got a great returning guest. We've got Ryan Moore, founder of Ancanny Automator. We're going to be discussing... All things automation, WordPress, PayPal, um, running a online successful business in 2023, the delights and the non-delights of doing that. Should be a great interview. So um, I've got my great co-host with me as well, Kurt. So Ryan, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Sure, absolutely. So my name is Ryan. I'm one of the co-founders of Uncanny Owl. Um, So I have another partner, Ken, and we have a team based in Toronto, but spread out across the world. So we started the company in early 2013, um, initially with a lot of focus on e-learning because I've got about a 20-year history in e-learning. So focused on what was happening in LearnDash at the time. we built some plugins for LearnDash starting in 2015 that extended to automation in 2018. Um, and right now we've got eight plugins, about 65,000, 70,000 plugins running, or sorry, sites running our plugins um, and a pretty big team. Um, so that's really kind of where we're coming from. That's great. And I've got Kurt with me. So Kurt, would you like to introduce yourself to the new listeners and viewers? Absolutely, Jonathan. My name is uh, Kurt Von Onen. I own a small agency called Manana Nomas. We focus largely on membership and learning websites. And I also assist WP Tonic and Lifter LMS in my spare time. Yes, thank you. Um, so before we go into the meat potatoes of this great interview, I've got a couple messages from our major sponsors. We will be back in a few moments, folks. Are you looking for ways to make your content more engaging? Sensei LMS by Automatic is the original WordPress solution for creating and selling online courses. Sensei's new interactive blocks can be added to any WordPress page or post. For example, interactive videos let you pause videos and display quizzes, lead generation forms, surveys, and more. For a 20% off discount for the tribe, just use the code WPTONIC, all one word, when checking out and give Sensei a try today. We're coming back, folks. I just want to point out, I've got some great special deals from the major sponsors, plus a created list of the best WordPress plugin solutions if you're building a membership, a e-learning um, on WordPress or anything else. Um, you can find all these goodies by going over to wp-tonic.com slash deals, wp-tonic.com slash deals, and you find all the goodies there, what more could you ask for? Probably a lot, but you're not going to get anything apart from the superb offers and the curated list. Sorry to tell you that. So, <laughs> so um, Ryan, can you um, let's start off? Can you give us a background? What was what was the spark? What's the story behind Uncanny Automator? What made you decide you and your team that you were going to undertake this windy road of automization with WordPress? 
Sure, absolutely. So as I mentioned, we started the company back in 2013. We were doing a lot with e-learning at the time. Um, by 2015, we were pretty heavily invested in LearnDash Consulting. And we started to release plugins for LearnDash. So it started with the toolkit and then other add-ons that kind of made LearnDash more usable and extended it to an enterprise audience. And there's there was a lot of capabilities we were adding. Um, so at the time, again, our focus was e-learning. Um, so we were looking for another plugin and a way to offer more enterprise class features. And one way of doing that was we were seeing that enterprise LMSs were offering, were starting to offer personalized learning paths and a way to customize learning content and flow based on performance inside courses. So originally we were looking at, okay, how do we control like LearnDash enrollments and, and you just flow through LearnDash courses based on things like quiz performance and, you know, feedback from instructors and um, anything else, like um, how quickly they're going through a course, things that might affect um, just how they get the best possible learning interventions and knowledge transfer. So originally, Automator was built around LearnDash as a way to personalize learning. So things like triggers would be, you know, user achieves a quiz score. And then based on that, we enroll somebody in a course. And LMSs at the time were starting to offer things like that too. So a similar kind of model where there were triggers and actions inside learning. So for Automator, for us, like we started building that thinking, okay, how do we personalize learning? But then once we built the model of like connecting LearnDash to these other plugins, then we figured, okay, this is bigger than learning. Why stop there? And with LearnDash, so we started adding more integrations and more features. Um, so, so now like a lot of people would compare it to Zapier or something where it's an integration or automation uh, model. Um, and it is kind of more similar at this point, but originally it was built with learning in mind, not so much as an integration tool. Right. So, yeah, that's where it came from. That's great. Over to you, Kurt. Uh, I love the idea that it started with e-learning because that's a passion for me. But um, when I think about folks that might be wanting to use Uncanny Automator, could you just kind of touch on like what are some of the key things that people need to know about the product if they're thinking about using it? Sure. So Automator itself is, of course, now a big product, um, integrates with a lot of platforms, plugins. Um, it's really uh, focused around how do we connect things together to make workflows easier with WordPress, but also how do we automate routine tasks and how do we save development costs and reduce the number of plugins people need on a site and just customize the WordPress experiences people are having um, to make it easier to work with. So there's not really a specific audience necessarily. Like it's not, you know, just Lifter users or LearnDash users that might benefit. It's really anybody that wants to make WordPress easier to work with is doing kind of routine functions sometimes um, or that has workflows for users that they want them to go through. It could even be like, so the, the basic model with Uncanny Automator is, you know, something happens, then we make other things happen, whether it's on the same site and the same plugin or other sites, other apps. So like common examples would be, you know, you have a new blog post and you want to share it on social media. So then, you know, the trigger in our example, like what starts an automation would be new blog post. And then we can share that with Facebook 
LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever. Um, so, but it's it's not just that kind of thing. It could be again, like you know, somebody in Lifter completes a course, then we want to record that completion for reporting in Airtable, so we can pass the completion record and the user data off to Airtable, so we can generate reports. Um, or it could be an, an admin function, like everybody who has this CRM tag, we want to make sure they're in a specific buddy boss group so we can run a recipe based on that or an automation. So it's really anything that someone might want to do on the WordPress site that um, they can automate, we try to make it possible for them to do that with kind of an easy-to-use recipe builder. Awesome. I kind of have a follow-up to that, if it's okay, sure. Ryan. Of course. And that's, as an outsider looking into product development, like I think of making my own plugin as being like, oh my goodness, if I make the plugin, I got to constantly keep it updated. I got to constantly keep with new versions. Yeah. That. And then you have a product that's connecting to all these other products. So does that exponentially make your task more difficult? Or do you kind of depend on the other like power partners to keep their stuff up to date and yours is kind of just there. Yeah. Um, we do hope that other partners don't change too much maybe on their side, but I would say we don't see a lot of that. Like we're keeping on top of who we integrate with and what they're doing and um, how are they su supporting things at the API level. Um, but we don't see a lot of issues in terms of updates from other people affecting what people are doing. Um, and just in terms of like you creating like the example of creating a plugin or like making things easier for developers. Um, yeah, like things can get outdated with custom plugins or even like one-off plugins. So we're trying to use functions everywhere that, you know, are well supported by other plugins, API partners, whatever it is. Um, there's a lot we do with webhooks too. Um by, you know, not only like allowing the public plugins to integrate easily, but also like we have, you know, it's easy to run custom functions or um, uh, methods or uh, WordPress hooks that you can hook in or so you can connect any kind of custom code to Automator too, just to make it easier instead of building everything from scratch that you can just kind of build the pieces you need to and let Automator handle the other things so that there's kind of a framework in place that you can build on instead of starting over. I love that. Over to you, Jonathan. Yeah, sure. So, Ryan, um, I'm going to say something really nice to you, Ryan. Don't, <laughs> okay. Don't, don't be too shocked. Um, I know many in the WordPress community don't link me with nice things I say, but uh, I actually think your product and that you've got some competition, but because of your background and you've been in the WordPress space and, and you've tried to do things the right way, I think it's one, I actually think it's one of the most key products in the WordPress space because um, I, I think the one of the things with WordPress is that people love the flexibility, ownership, digital um, authority that WordPress gives, own, all the um, good things we know about WordPress. But um, we know getting different bits to work together um, there's a temptation to build what I call a wall garden, um, which in my mind is the worst of SaaS combined with the worst of WordPress. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so you still got a host, you still got update, update the plugins, um, and you have the confinement of what SaaS offers. And I see you and your solution as one of the ways 
that enable people to integrate with other plug-in key Lego parts, as I call them, um, so they can keep the flexibility but get get the functionality that they would get with a SAS. Can you see where I'm coming from? And have you um, and would you agree, you know, is that one of the key things that you're trying to achieve with Uncanny Automator? Um, in terms of, you know, connecting ecosystems and maybe breaking some barriers, then for sure, as much as possible. We're trying to integrate with as much as we can that users are asking for and where we can reasonably do so. Um, certainly there are situations where maybe some plugins aren't supportive and, you know, mm -hmm. it's harder for us to uh, integrate. But usually plug-in partners and other partners are receptive. And, and yeah, we want to make things easier for the end user as much as possible. Um, so, yeah, kind of breaking those barriers helps, I think, in that regard. Um, and, yeah, we want things to be really flexible. Like right now, Automator has almost 150 integrations. We've got over 2,000 triggers and actions, over well over 5,000 tokens. So it's like there's a lot you can do from a lot of different platforms to try to make that easier. So I get a lot of people ask me, well, regularly I get people ask me, what, what's because we, we offer and can you automate as part of our hosting package and we love it. Um, but we get a lot of people, and we also, one of our other great partners is WP Fusion. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we get a lot of people ask, what, what you know, and then you've got something like another great partner um, is Fluent CRM. So I get regularly asked, what's the difference between An Uncanny Automator than WP Fusion or Fluent CRM? Um, so... I'm sure you get you get asked this as well. So, yeah. I, how do you explain? Yeah, and uh, so does Jack at uh, WP Fusion, and we both have articles on our sites, like trying to explain. Okay, how are they different? Because, like for us, I know I know a lot of users see that there are similarities. Okay, like you're building automations with both, so like how is that different? But for us, like there's huge stark contrast, and like. Personally, on all of our websites, we're running WP Fusion as well as Uncanny Automator um, because there are things they do very differently. Um, like WP Fusion, for example, it's focused around a CRM. Like everything happens through the CRM. The workflows happen through the CRM that it's connected to. So it's got that dependency. And because it depends so heavily on the CRM, then it goes pretty deep. Um, like WP Fusion has great tools for like um, event tracking and um, tracking anonymous users and and enabling some analytics and uh, even they they have membership tools front end short codes and content protection so there are membership um, functions available in the plugin too so like that CRM focus and going deep with it as well as some of the membership things um, really work for when you're doing things around a CRM. Whereas with Automator, like everything happens in WordPress in Automator. So it happens locally. We're not passing the data off. Um, we can handle different scenarios. Like we're um, having automations run based on multiple triggers instead of just having things tag-based or list-based. Um, 
and also we're we're not just basing things around users like the example i gave before of like when a post is published shared on social like you can't do something like that it doesn't fit with wp fusion in a crm where it's all very much around the user as the focus so we're doing things with posts and users and integrating with you know other platforms like google sheets and airtable um, Slack, messaging, Twilio, Facebook, whatever. So all of those things wouldn't really be a fit for WP Fusion because it's focused on contacts and users and profiling, whereas we kind of go beyond that in different areas. So does that does that kind of help at all? Like both are somewhat automation tools, but theirs is focused on the CRM and the user and membership. And we're, mm-hmm. we're focused on kind of complex automations and like connecting things with webhooks and other platforms and post data and like system maintenance functions, those kinds of things. Yeah, I see. I, I kind of, um, I say to people um, that WP Vision is more about integrating with a native CRM. And we, it is. And we... We re- we are partner with Fluent um, CRM because they're just fantastic people like like you. Uh, um, uh, um, and we say, well, it, that WP Fusion just provides more tagging power mm-hmm. that than what Fluent CRM provides. It just puts it on steroids. And then if you ever, for any reason, want to migrate to another platform. Um, it's going to be easier because you've utilised WP Fusion for that tagging, where we describe your product as the kind of WordPress equivalent of Zapier. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but I don't know if you like that. that yeah, movie. yeah. It's a like fair it? comparison. Um, yeah. It's it's different. Like, there are a lot of differences with Zapier. So, like, that one is, I would say, a closer comparison because then we are doing kind of more um, directly similar things. But Zapier is different. Like certainly it has way more integrations. Like it's going to integrate with more SaaS products and apps than we ever could hope to. But they don't go deep on the WordPress side. So in terms of WordPress plugins, connecting WordPress sites, working with WordPress data, like Automator is far, far ahead. Um, And then there are considerations like data privacy, where like if you're using Zapier, of course, everything is going through Zapier. Whereas, you know, for any WordPress data in recipes, it stays in Automator on the WordPress site. Like it's not going externally if it doesn't need to. So that's like a big consideration, for example, for a lot of our European users. Um, Like the plugin itself is GPL and you can check the code, whereas Zapier is not like that. It's everything is on their side. It's a SaaS product. Um, We have the free version too, where anything in our free version, any of the triggers and actions that are in there, you can use them as much as you want, no limits, anything like that. Even with our pro version too, like there are no limits on the number of recipes, the number of recipe runs, anything like that. So because of that as well, like our pricing is vastly lower, where, you know, a moderately busy site would probably spend in a month on Zapier, what they'd spend in a year for Automator. So it's it's a very different kind of scale in terms of pricing too. Anyway, those are kind of some examples. Yeah, um, yeah, I see where you're coming from. Um, just a quick follow-up your question before we go for our break. Um, I, one of the things, I, I, obviously, you've got different buckets of user base in WordPress. 
Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that you've spent, you've got a really nice interface and you've spent a lot of um, time, energy building up, a lot of documentation, a lot of training, yeah. um, which um, which isn't always the case with other solutions. We leave it at that. Um, but, you know, obviously what, that takes a lot of time, energy. So you seem to be not only aiming your product at, the implementer, the developer, the power user, but also the DIY that's got moderate knowledge of WordPress. Did you want to do that? Did you kind of, because it would be easier just to kind of aim it at the um, implement, the power implementer developer really, and not try and build all this out. So, um, was that a conscious decision that you were going to try and pitch it to all these different constituencies? Um, I wouldn't say it was intentional. Um, certainly, like Automator, we built as a tool that we would use ourselves and could use ourselves in a lot of contexts. And as well, like we did consulting for Learn Dash sites from 2013 to 2021. Um, so for us, like all of our plugins have always been based around how do we make things easier for our customers to use and get the features they need on their sites. So the breadth is good, like in that it allows pretty novice WordPress users to build pretty powerful things without having to resort to hiring a developer. Because like a lot of people, they're using Automator for things that would normally require development. Um as well as the the power users. Um, power users definitely can be harder to support. We get, like, it's surprising now how far people are taking Automator. Like, it's not unusual for us to get tickets with, like, a recipe that, you know, might have five triggers and 50 actions and, you know, 30, 40 conditions in there. And then they're like, okay, it's not working the way I expected. Can you trace why it's not doing this? And that stuff's challenging. Or like looking through somebody else's API documentation and figuring out why the header security is, you know, not connecting the way they expect. Um, so it's it's good to see the breadth and how people are using it and just making sure that we can accommodate those various needs because like in the end, we're still trying to provide an automation tool and a simpler way of doing things for everyone kind of regardless of their skill level or what they need to do that's great we're going to go for our break folks we'll be back we're going to delve in more into the world of this great product and canny automator and some of the business aspects as well should be a great second half we will be back in a few moments folks this podcast episode is brought to you by lifter lms the leading learning management system solution for WordPress. If you or your client are creating any kind of online course, training-based membership website, or any type of e-learning project, Lifter LMS is the most secure, stable, well-supported solution on the market. Go to lifterlms.com and save 20% at checkout with coupon code podcast 20 that's podcast two zero enjoy the rest of your show we're coming back folks just want to point out if you're looking for a great hosting wordpress partner that provides a lot more than hosting is basically your backup partner um we've got some great um partnership deals you can if you're a freelancer 
a power user, you're, you're building websites on WordPress for clientele, we are somebody that you should look at as your hosting provider. Um, to find out more about what we offer, you can go over to wp-tonic.com slash partners, wp-tonic slash partners, and find out the unique packages that we offer to our partners. Right. So I'm going to throw it over to Kurt. Over to you, Kurt. Thanks, Jonathan. Um, Ryan, I don't know if you know, but Jonathan has another show, uh, The Membership Machine Show, and they do a lot of comparisons about WordPress and SaaS and and all those things. And our next question deals with the flexibility of WordPress. Um, What is it about Uncanny Automator uh, that you believe is like one of those leading ways that WordPress can stay flexible and give people the freedom to build what they want? And to to extend that question, to, to keep it reliable. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, reliability is key. I'll come back to that one maybe. So yeah, in terms of flexibility, we're again, we're trying to connect with as much as possible, give people all the triggers and actions and conditions and tokens and other features that they need to kind of build whatever they want. And that's what they are doing with Automator. So there are no walls there or I don't we don't we don't really treat any plugins preferentially either or anything or discount any. Um, it's really based on what we see from users, both what they're using and what they're asking for and what we see in the market. So for us, we're just trying to give people as much um, as we can of what they want and can use. Um, in terms of reliability, um, that's a big one. Like for us, that's been such a focus since day one making sure that everything performs consistently because like with with automation tools it's so if something breaks like it's bad you can have data loss and we do not want to see data loss from any automator sites or bigger issues so our process has gotten really uh i guess strict and also expansive like every release we're testing against PHP 5.6, We're testing in a variety of hosting environments. We have hundreds of automated unit tests to make sure that everything is working as expected. Um, For communication with API servers, like this would be Slack, Google Sheets, Airtable, whatever. Then we have an API server in place handling... Um, all of those things, making sure no single user, because like certainly we see some heavy users and some users that are exploiting things, like a lot of spam sites. Automation is pretty attractive for spam sites. So we've got so much in place for rate limiting and um, making sure that for as many um, good users as possible, that things run extremely reliably. Um, so we've had to deal with situations where like, you know, a malicious site would send half a million Facebook group posts in a day. And like, how do we make sure that, okay, that we don't affect other automated users? Um, so there are a lot of controls like that in place and we don't really see issues. Um, if if another site is down, like another common use for Uncanny Automate, where you have multiple WordPress sites connected together. So a common scenario here is, you know, you have a marketing site with WooCommerce and then you have like, an e-learning site with Lifter or something. 
So you're passing data based on the purchase over to the learning site to give them access. So like if the learning site happens to be down um, or something else is down, then we have to make sure that there is a way that people can, you know, for example, resend activity or handle kind of deviations. And, th and that's a focus for us going forward to like allow right now, a lot of things like, you know, if, if Facebook API is down temporarily, then you can resend that attempt from the log files. And in future, like we'll do things like automated retries. Um, so yeah, making sure that everything works and continues to work um, is definitely very important. And for that, we do rely on integration partners a lot, kind of off topic, but we had a related ticket this morning where um, somebody, one of our users hadn't noticed that um, uh, Zoom was deprecating their JWT app. Um, and so somebody hadn't automated or they hadn't updated Automator for two years and ignored all of emails from us and from Zoom about it. So like, luckily it's only one user, but there are situations that come up where, you know, other partners will change something and we'll try to make sure we proactively let people know and that there's a solution in place to make sure everything migrates transparently. Um, but yeah, that kind of situation can be hard to deal with sometimes and requires a lot of planning. Well, the the Zoom thing kind of bit a couple of us out here. So, oh really? Um, well, I sent okay. I sent all the notices you said, but I didn't get clients that read all the notices, just like you said. Well, so, we yeah, tried that, that like we had we sent a notice in November. Well, like as soon as Zoom announced it, we built uh, the OWASP system into our plugin. We sent three email reminders out earlier in the year. We had an in plugin notification. We changed all our knowledge base articles, like really as much as we could do without mm. kind of breaking sites. And and still, like, we had hundreds of people using Zoom. Seems like it's only one person affected since Zoom turned it off on the 8th. Um, so relatively, it's not bad. But yeah, you have to kind of stay on top of notifications and what other apps are doing sometimes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Jonathan, over to you. Yeah, um... Kind of um, a question that's not planned, but don't worry, Ryan. Uh, um, um, what, what's been like one or two business challenges with this journey with any Uncanny Automator that sort of surprised you the most that you didn't anticipate on this? How long, how long have you been building up and Kenny Auto. It's been it's been about four or five years now, isn't it? Yeah, Automator will have its fifth anniversary in two weeks. Right. Yeah. So it's been a little while. Um in terms of surprises, I don't know. Um it's interesting that we kind of started this space. Like in twenty eighteen, yeah, Zapier was around, but nothing comparable was in WordPress. So, um, like 2018, 2019 were quiet. Like, again, we were kind of focused on LearnDash users then because um, that was our focus and that's where a lot of the integrations uh, were with the plugin. But then in 2020, then, yeah, we started seeing, okay, other people thinking it's a good idea, um, maybe being influenced, we'll say, by us and, and kind of the, the rise of challenges there. So it's it's been interesting. I'd say, like, I don't know, one of the things we should have done differently was not focus on that as much. And we haven't. Like since 2021, 
it's been an afterthought. Like we don't really compare what we're doing with what anyone else is doing at this point. And it's just development based on what users are asking for and what we know the market needs. Um, so like, I, I don't know how we're kind of like, I know we're far ahead in the market of everyone that's come after and that they like other people will name their plugins after ours and like automator is a common term now. Um, whereas like initially we we released it and it was like we called it automator because there was nothing with that name. And Uncanny was just like the branding we use for all of our plugins. Like we've got Uncanny Toolkit Pro, Uncanny Groups, um, you know, Tincanny, Uncanny Codes. Like that's just kind of how we branded plugins, but we call them like whatever their function is. Um, so that's that's one for sure. Like not getting as, as focused as we have in the past on some competitive challenges. Um, I don't know, a hard one for us too as a company was I think moving away from consulting because um, mm. it's it's what allowed us to build the plugins in the first place. Um, it gave us the funds to do so and then also a way to test the products and make sure it was going to you know, be what the market needed. Um, so it it felt hard, I think, to let that go and we allowed it to take longer than it should have maybe Um, because really transitioning away from consulting for us took about two years to kind of wrap that up which was hard because like we were dividing our time between LearnDash plugins between automation plugins and then consulting as well Um, so it was it was a lot for the team because like we weren't that big a team Um, for most of that period we would have been about 10 people Um, so it was hard to kind of like we can't devote anyone really to one particular product we have to split their time and then it's competitive. And now that uh, we kind of have focused on the plugins and the automator in particular, um, it's allowed us to do a lot more with it, with that extra focus. Mm, fantastic. Um, over to you, Kurt. Well, I guess I'll bring it up with, um, you know, what have been some of the biggest online influences or, or personal mentors maybe uh, that are connected to your business career development and how you guys have, have chosen to grow or, or maybe follow somebody else's footsteps a little bit. Sure. Um, so I'm lucky to have a partner that I started the company with back in 2013. So Ken and I have always been able to kind of bounce each other, like bounce things off of each other and make sure that we're both in a good place and supported. Um, I would say like shortly after COVID hit 2020, and then we had you know some competitive pressures, that's when we started having a harder time figuring out where to go forward. Um, mm. So like we did a fair bit of coaching with uh, Corey Miller at the time. Um, so like early on in automator development, certainly I'd say he was a big influence and we worked with him a fair bit. Um, after that, like in late 2020 then, um, we did partner with uh, Syed Balki. So um, with also Motive and other companies. Um, where he kind of meets with us, with us monthly and we talk about what we're doing and changes in the market and our plugins and things like that. So having that sounding board and feedback is also very helpful, I'd say. Cool. Yeah. Over to you, Jonathan. Yes. Um, so obviously, because you've got such knowledge in the learning management system, um, where do you think... Where do you think key learning is and where WordPress is with it? You know, it's got like, I think it's got kind of like three, four major learning management plugins that are 
very competitive. What, where do you see the scene at the present moment? It's uh, it's always very competitive. Um, I don't know. There are a lot of players now too, like not just Learn Dash, Lifter, and Tutor, but like Sensei and Learn Press and Master Study and so many different platforms. Um, and we support a lot of them with Automator. So we do kind of see what people are doing. Um, I think the discussion right now about kind of standardizing uh, data is interesting and the architecture that's happening kind of in wider WordPress for LMS plugins will be interesting to see. Um, I'm hoping we can kind of contribute further to making learning more personal and effective. Just what we're doing with what we're doing in Automator and making that easier for people and um, allowing them to develop more interaction and personalization. Um, for us too, like with our Learn Dash plugins, we're doing a ton with H5P and XEPI and SCORM. Um, so it's it's nice to see that integration too. And I, I know someday maybe we'll extend that to other plugins so that you know there are less expensive alternatives for the other LMS plugins that can use that data and kind of take interactivity and feedback to the next level. I don't know. That's the kind of stuff that's interesting right now. Kind of um, when it comes, because obviously there's the there's the internal world of of WordPress competition, but then there's the bigger picture, isn't there? The external competition, mm-hmm. and for obviously understandable reasons, those that are inside the WordPress commercial bubble concentrate on the internal competition. But then you got the bigger picture, the external, and what I mean when it comes to learning management systems is you got a whole platter of learn SaaS-based learning management systems. But and I've talked about most of them on my other show. Um, but what surprised me is how indifferent most of them are. Um, you know, really, there's only like two to three SaaS learning management systems. Um, Kajabi, maybe um, Podio, and I can't think of another one that comes straight in my mind. But there's a lot out there, but most of them are quite indifferent. Is it? Is it just really, really, really very, very hard to build a really good learning management platform? So we don't follow it as much anymore. I know that a couple of years ago, like the last time we tried to do a big survey, there were close to 700 LMS platforms. Wow, my God. Yeah, like we looked, we've looked pretty closely at ones wow. like Docebo and Talon LMS, Litmos, those kinds of things. Um, just to, like this was again, like early on with Automator planning, like what are they doing and how can we yeah. elevate things with WordPress because they can't do this kind of stuff. We can connect more and do more. So how do we take advantage of that? We don't follow them as much anymore. I know they're still not doing as much like related to automation as we would. But I will say like from the platforms I referenced, we don't see people moving from them as much as we used to. Like it used to be on a cost basis. Like the per user pricing for a lot of um, SaaS LMSs was just too high. Whereas WordPress was far more cost effective at at scale. Like especially once you got to like 500,000 users, there was no comparison. WordPress is going to be cheaper for simple sites. Um, Like the feature set's not comparable, but we see less migration, I would say. 
Um, so a lot of the people that are kind of like looking at those platforms um, as well as WordPress, they're probably going to be more price conscious. Whereas if they're just looking for simplicity or higher end training systems or very few users, they're probably going to start with the cloud LMS search and SaaS products. I don't know, like we don't see a lot of migration um, back and forth between them. Um, usually, I don't know, we see people kind of get focused on one and then go down that path and usually stay down that path. Um, yeah. Well, the other thing that occurs to me is um, le- learning management system. It's like a bit like a CRM. It's such a broad term now that it's got slightly devalued because what um, if you're uh, an entrepreneur looking to build a business, you're using Kajabi or WordPress, it's very different to in a large organisation that's looking for an internal training platform. And mm-hmm. isn't that the case with a CRM? You've got CRMs that... Um, like Active Campaign or Fluent CRM that are marketing automation platforms, with other CRMs like Salesforce or Zoho CRM that are more kind of sales orientated CRMs. Is that part of the problem as well? Yeah, it could be. Like we do see maybe um, these products take on additional features that leads to more overlap. Um, like even with Automator, like initially it was kind of focused on an integration tool, but increasingly, like if you'd asked me two years ago, like how are you different than Fluent CRM? And I'd say, well, they're completely different. Like Fluent CRM can do so much with context that we can and would never do, but now we can. So there is more overlap. And I know other products are doing the same thing. Like, you know, now someone can submit a form, for example, with Automator and, you know, send a notification to everyone with a particular meta value or tag or membership level, um, like in one step where in the past you would have normally needed a CRM for that. So I think like they're as, as these different platforms do kind of evolve and look for ways to satisfy their users, then they're offering features that maybe would have required different platforms in future. I don't know. Increasingly though, I'd say there's more overlap. And so, yeah, we see things evolving. Yeah. Back over to you, Kurt. Well, Jonathan, please don't hate me, but Ryan said something in his last response that I kind of want to go back to. I thought you were. I thought you were. So, in my positions in the past, I've had the ability to see the inside of corporations and their decisions on e-learning paths. Yeah, and uh, like you had just said, people weren't migrating like what you would expect. For instance. Yeah. Um, I once worked with a company that had some kind of weird Oracle customization thing that was an LMS that they they called it. And um, it barely worked, but they were paying $400,000 a year to host this thing. Sure, yeah. With, with 2,500 users. Yeah. And uh, and I was like, uh, you know, for 10 grand, I can build you a, a site that works. And, mm-hmm. uh, and they literally said, you know, we're just not ready for that kind of change yet. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. And... Um, that's not the only instance where that happened. And I was just wondering if you had any insight as to what, what, what we see as a clear-cut, economic, logical decision does not happen at the corporate level. And what is, not scaring, but what is keeping them from making the leap to affordability and flexibility at the same time? Uh, there are a lot of things. So, yeah, like I spent 10 years at a bank doing 
doing e-learning before Uncanny. So um, some similar challenges. And, and yes, we'd spend a million on a system that somebody could probably build for 50000 But what kind of support team is there behind it? How does it pass procurement? Like, is the team big enough? Do they have the financials? Um, have they done similar projects at scale? Um, and then too, they're not looking at smaller vendors. They're looking for people they've worked with in like companies, larger companies they've worked with in the past that also, you know, have the insurance and other things to back it up that would, you know, allow them to fulfill this type of project. So risk aversion, I think, is a big one. Um, the unknown in the past when we've done some larger e-learning projects, like certainly some got rejected in the late stages um, related to GPL. Like that's another big issue. We're not taking on a project where there's GPL code, where we can't own it and control what happens. Um, we've seen that with Learn Dash 2, where like there was a project we pitched um, probably in 2015 where it was it was big, but it came down to, well, if you can't say we own Learn Dash, then we can't go forward with this project. So I don't know, it's, it's a lot of contributing factors, but at that enterprise level, like it's a lot of it comes down to, risk aversion and the procurement process. Uh, that's a great, that's great feedback. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Right. Um, so I'm, I live in America, right? But I, I am English uh, um, in temperament and accent. Um, um, so I was a great fan of Doctor Who uh, sure. and the TARDIS. Uh, um, so if you had your own time machine and you could go back to the early days of your career, what would you like to tell yourself? Um, so like, I think we covered some of them just with not focusing on some of the setbacks. And like, there were a few times where we've really focused on the negative and not on how we keep pushing forward. Um, I think that's a, a big one. Um, and again, like dragging things on longer than we should have necessarily, instead of just like making a decision, being firm with it. I don't know, like we could have um, moved forward with something more aggressively in the past, some of the decisions we've made. Um, and I think it could have helped the success of the company um, just by, you know, being better decision makers and um, not having, like, it's important to have contingency plans, but not to the point where you're kind of following every path and investing resources in every path, but just like, figuring out what's the best one and kind of putting everything behind it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, for us, could, yeah I'll follow that. Yeah, it, for us too, like it took, it took us three years to get any kind of traction in the company. And for sure, like for the first three years, it was hard just to kind of keep pushing through and believing in the vision and having, you know, family, staff, whoever, kind of also supporting that. Um, it's hard, you know, if for three years you're not seeing any kind of return and then like it's not known what's going to happen next. And so like it, it did take us 10 years to kind of get to this point. Um, so yeah, I guess patience again and just like believing in the plan and pushing forward. Right. I think we end it now, Ryan. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure discussing things with you. Um, what's the best way to find out more about you and, and Kenny Automator? Sure. Yeah. So um, our websites, uh, Uncanny Automator is at automatorplugin.com. Uncanny Owl is at uncannyowl.com. Anyone's welcome to reach out with any questions about our products, the company, whatever it might be. Yeah. 
That's great. And Kurt, what's the best way for people to find out more about you and what you're up to? Well, mananonomas.com is uh, my agency. Feel free to find me there or connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm the only Kurt Von Anam on LinkedIn. I'm easy to find. And I've got a couple of favours to ask Tribe, um, really to support the show. Why don't you go and join us on Facebook and join the WP Tonic Membership Machine Show Facebook group. It's totally free and you'll be an inside member. And also subscribe to the WP Tonic YouTube channel. We've got a ton of content on that. That would be really appreciated if you could do that. We'll see you next week. We've got some great interviews coming up. It should be a blast. We'll see you soon, Tribe. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. We really do appreciate it. Why not visit the Mastermind Facebook group? And also to keep up with the latest news, click wp-tonic.com forward slash newsletter. We'll see you next time.